0: What's up, guys? This is Andrew. Welcome back to the Agency Journey Podcast. Got a great episode here for you today. It's a conversation between Gray and Stephen Perchakoff, and they're talking about how to make authentic connections through outbound strategies. And this interview originally aired in our free Facebook community, Agency Journey Insiders. And if you're not a member of that community yet, you need to head over to agencyjourneyinsiders.com and join up over there. And I have to apologize, this interview should have been aired a long time ago as the interview happened originally back in March, but I dropped the ball on this one. We've got a series of interviews coming out over the next few weeks here from that last agency journey live in March, and there's some real gold in here. So I hope you enjoyed the show. Without further ado, here we go. Uh, I'm very excited. I've got Steven Perchakoff from the Art of Sales Academy here. Steve, how are you doing, man?
1: I'm doing good, my friend. I'm a little little jet-lagged, but I'm doing okay. I came in yeah. from, a, from a red uh, red eye. Where, where are you coming from? Are you back in, you're in New York? I'm back in New York, yeah. I'm, I'm coming from uh, Los Angeles. Okay, nice. Yeah. Oh,
0: you were out there with, uh, was that at Nick's, um, out at the network?
1: Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he knows you guys as well. Okay, so. okay. that's
0: awesome. Yeah. Nice, so um, for anyone who's new, who's jumping on here, Agency Journey Live, We've got a full lineup today here. We've got six conversations going on. Um, but this one, I'm really excited, and we've got all kinds of different focuses built around the different aspects of running an agency. But Steve um, is someone who – I'm trying to think, Steve. I think that Tristan Rummel was actually who connected us initially. Right. Um, That's right. And so, anyways, we've been working with you um, on our some of our targeted outreach that we've kind of been piloting. Internally, first, with a lot of stuff that we're doing to try and teach agencies, obviously, we want to try and pilot that internally first, figure Mm -hmm. out what works Um, anytime we're introducing a new strategy or something through the program. Um, So, what you're your sweet spot, and we can maybe go through a a quick highlight of your background, Um, but your sweet spot is really the positioning and then like that ties into targeted outbound and how Mm how to grow. So your background, maybe we'll start there. You, and we, I know there's a million places people could find the information and we won't, I won't make you drag it out and tell it for 10 minutes here, but you worked at a couple tech startups, um, in sales and mm-hmm. a big part of what you had to do was prospecting. I'll, yeah. I'll give the bullet points and I'll let you fill in any, any details.
1: No, and so, I you, it, man. You're, you're, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. So um, you kind
0: of perfected it through, through email initially. Is that how you got your start there?
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, basically I, uh, yeah, I worked, I worked at, a, at early stage tech startups primarily. There, there weren't big marketing teams there. Um, I hated the idea of just like g- pound and ground or whatever the like ground and pound, like just like hit someone up with a message, hit somebody up with a message, hit somebody up with a message. So I was, I was looking for ways to scale outreach, scale outbound. Um, and that initially started about six, seven years ago or so was the first kind of scaled approach when, when all these cold email tools started coming out. And I think I was one of the first people to, you know, to find sales loft and all these kinds of tools that that are out there now in, in, you know, abundance. Um, and, uh, that's when I, that's when I started learning like how how to get people's email addresses, what, what kind of copy, um, would get a decision maker to convert, how to segment lists and, and get the cold emails in front of people. And, um, and, and these this kind of laid the groundwork for uh, a lot of the strategy. So I did this at a couple of different startups using different combinations of, of copy, different ideas, sometimes leveraging video and all these sorts of things. And at pretty much every company I went to, I, you know, significantly increased the, the amount of appoint, appointments, the, the pipeline that the company was seeing. And... Uh, then I thought, okay, maybe this is, I got something here. So I, I just started reaching out to a couple of folks and a couple of tech entrepreneurs I had in my network. I showed them a case study of what I did and, you know, a couple, two of them became clients and I was, I was off to the races. Uh, that's, that's sort of what got me started.
0: So with most of the outreach now, are you primarily doing, I mean, most of what we've been doing together has been LinkedIn. Is it still primarily LinkedIn?
1: Yeah. So yeah, my offers changed significantly in the last seven months or so, just because I've been helping a friend grow his agency and the cold email stuff was not panning out for me too well. Um, and then I just started, you know, I was, I'd always used LinkedIn, but I had never used it in this way. Um, and I just kind of started using it as my primary channel to, to get him appointments and I was surprised. It was, it was, It was working far better than I had remembered, Um, and we were, you know, booking him appointments. He was he was also a marketing guy for for tech startups, so we were booking him appointments with, you know, series fifty million dollars series B and C companies with the heads of revenue, and you know, so so then I started to think, okay, we got this is this is something like people are becoming more and more active and engaged here. Um, If you position your profile right, people will take notice. There is so many more subtle. Ways to to get a, a good appointment to get a good conversation started with uh, LinkedIn than than there is an, an email and it's not yet nearly as saturated of a channel as cold email is. So you know we we got probably got a couple of years before it becomes that. So you know <laughs> let's, let's take advantage of it. I'm sure everybody
0: uh, listening is like, oh man, this is where all my all my LinkedIn requests come from. So I'm excited to dig in and explain like what's the difference between we all have seen 99% of examples of how to do this really crappily and yeah. how to actually do this and do it well.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: So maybe we can start with, um, you, you were telling me there's like three main pillars to yeah. that go into making this strategy actually work and be effective instead of just looking like everyone else out there doing it. Yep. Yeah. We yep. start, start at the beginning and walk through through those.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, there there's three main pillars. Um a lot a lot and a lot of this I'll I'll be teaching soon in a in a in a masterclass. I'll be I'll be launching in a couple of weeks. Sweet. Uh, Sweet. But the the three main pillars are essentially positioning yourself properly on LinkedIn, um having the right having the right messaging to the right audiences. We can consider that one pillar. And then the other is just knowing how to handle the sales calls once the appointments actually start coming in.
0: Okay. So the first one around positioning, like basically tighten up whatever your profile is or like what's gonna, so that I assume someone sends a connection request, like first thing I do unless I block them right away is go look at their profile.
1: Right, exactly. It's uh, it's a combination of a couple of things. It starts with the offer. If you're gonna be using LinkedIn in a way of, you know, in, with a strategy, with a direct outreach strategy, right, if that's, you know, because LinkedIn you can use it in a number of different ways. It can be an inbound channel as well if you're if you're regularly posting content and, and engaging people that way. But if you're going to be using it as a direct outreach strategy, it will resonate a lot more if your profile and your business in general, and I know you guys teach this, is centered around a tight offer to a tight niche that's actually on LinkedIn, right? So, so you guys are a great example, right? You help agencies with systems and operations. That is a tight offer with a tight niche. Therefore, it will resonate. Not to mention, you have tons of content and 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 social proof and podcasts. All these things around helping agencies that that help you, so that when you do direct outreach, sometimes people just see your connect with you and they're like, "Oh man, wow! Thank you for connecting me. I've been listening to your podcast for so so long. Like it's it's yep. great. I can't believe it. You know, they they're like fans. Um, so." For for companies that aren't like that, that it, for agencies that you know we, we help or take on as clients, the, uh, the 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 first thing that we do is we ask them. You know, we help them with their positioning. What what sorts of clients are you primarily working with? If they tell me that they do marketing for everyone, that has to change, right? That I can't work with them if they don't want to change that. Right. So we might we might there'll be a couple of conversations around who do you actually work with. Um, you know what, what? What's the best things that you do for them? How, how? What's the message that can build the level of intrigue to get people to accept and to want to speak with you? So that's that's a lot of what we do initially, um, and uh, and then and then yes, and then that trickles down to the profile itself, right? So the captivating headline, um, you know, having having all the right things in the profile, like clearly stating who you help, what you do. Maybe making it sound creative in some way, bringing it, bringing you know the pain points of your market, some case studies, a little bit of story around yourself. Those are the sorts of things that are uh, a framework for a good LinkedIn profile, not just a resume of how you've crushed it, but right. you know, making it about your prospect.
0: That makes sense. So obviously, that's I mean everything builds off of your positioning and being tightly focused. And this is a great example of another thing that does. I would imagine, this is kind of going back up a level here, Um, but some objection, well, first of all, to uh, many of the people who will be uh, listening to this, a lot of our relationships from the past have come from the inbound world and and HubSpot. Um, So there's some initial hesitancy to outbound and it's like, wait, why would I do that? Instead of just realizing, well, as a business owner. Like we'll find what works and, and serve people through that. Um, but secondly, there's probably some – like, have you seen more success? The majority – I've seen obviously way more in the last couple of years, and, and we're having success right now. But I've seen way more LinkedIn outreach or cold emails for things that are products or productized versus services. So that might be one objection, at least that I would I would think of, is if I'm an agency offering – uh, marketing services, like, well, can LinkedIn work for that? And basically what you're saying is it goes back to what's the, like how tightly packaged is the offer.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's easier to sell services on LinkedIn than it is to sell products. And as far as I, as far as my experience has shown me, I guess it'll depend on on the product and who your market is so that, you know, there's some truth to that. But, you can be so flexible with, you know, when you sell services, you can be so flexible. You can, you can intrigue them with, you know, an offer to, to help them grow or, or, you know, an idea of how to you know, book more appointments or an idea of how to create an inbound funnel that would be perfect for their IT consultancy or perfect for their, you know, um, financial, whatever it is. Right. So there's, there's, there's way you can be super fluid and flexible because you have services, Whereas if you have that product, it's it's a little bit harder. Um and they know that you're gonna pitch a product rather than you're gonna pitch or or provide a right. sense of how you, the individual, can use your knowledge and expertise to help them as opposed to a demo of what they what the product is. Even if you frame it as a solution, it's still a product and it product is just generally harder to get traction with than, mm. than, than services.
0: That's interesting. I guess, yeah, and what I'm thinking of, I mean for the most part, I guess I'm just mostly, and maybe because of being in the software space too, like just all the software pitches or like connections to get this tool or whatever.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The other side of the. I've been a software salesman. Like I, it depends who you're selling to, right? And maybe if you're selling like a, a low end solution, you're just trying to get users funneling them in. Then, you know, people use that kind of spray and pray automated approach and Maybe no harm, no foul, but oh well. Whatever. Other than <laughs> being annoying, yep. but uh, if you're if you're selling to bigger companies or key decision makers, that's that's not a good approach. You know, you, you, you're not you're not just to auto mass connect and potentially burn that relationship before you know trying to reach out in, in other more subtle ways. Yeah. You know, like I I, I would still recommend. As an outbound activity, I'd recommend probably still emailing those people first to warm them up a little bit yep. before before the LinkedIn, because it's people are still hesitant to just connect with anyone.
0: Right. I think where this, I mean, for most, uh, at least for most agencies, like the start, a lot of the beginnings in the agency space are pretty organic. It's not this grand business plan. It's a, I've got a skill set that I am tired of being underpaid and... Overworked for, like I'll go try and do this myself, and then you get into it and realize, well, wow, there's a lot more to this. But I'm okay with being underpaid and overworked because I'm the boss, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and I'll, I'll keep it, trying to grow it. Seems it. Like
1: uh, you know this story well. <laughs> like Help some people through it, maybe you <laughs> live <looked> through it. <laughs>
0: um, but the, because it happens organically, that I think leads to, or is a big contributing factor in why there's this lack of focus. Overall, it's like, well, those people were the people who would hire me early on. And then I just kind of kept going off of referrals and all these random directions. So we've got this first pillar, which is like, we got to tighten up the audience and the offer. Um, and then obviously that plays into the profile that you're creating. But then the second pillar that you have, and I'm sure we'll come back, we'll have follow up questions and we'll see what comments come through or what other questions come through here, um, in the, on the, on Facebook. But the second pillar is around messaging, right? yes so what is that what does that look like how do you do it and not look like everyone else
1: yep so I would say it starts with its messaging and targeting uh, and it starts with targeting so so what that what that essentially is, is building tight audiences using LinkedIn sales navigator um, so you know what does that mean right it's it goes back to your your positioning and, and your offer right so who is it for and how can you find unique ways to niche that market? So if you are doing more of a sort of mass connect with a VA or using some automation tool or something, the, the, the played out message of, you know, I'm looking to add people to my network, I, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's so generic, you know, just go a little, go the extra mile a little bit. doesn't take much work to go the extra mile to just, if you're focusing on tech companies, you can use Sales Navigator to create a list of computer software companies, use keywords like SaaS or big data analytics tools, things like that, right? That's going to start segmenting the market for you in different ways. Um, and then your messaging can can, uh, can go with that. So now you, you say instead of, hi, John, um, thanks for uh, connecting or adding me to your network, you can say, hi, John great to read up about, you know, pillow, pillow analytics. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm 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 a, I'm a, I'm, passionate, I'm a huge fan of, of direction. Big data is going, would love to connect and support you however I can. It's going to drastically improve your connection rate. Um, and it's gonna, you know, build you a bigger audience. It, it'll, it'll get people to respect you a little bit more. Some some inbound, well not inbounds, but you know, just by doing that, people may reply after reading your profile and seeing that message. That happens all the time. Um so that that's what I mean. You can even go a step further, which is I I do this for some clients. Like I'll pull in lists that aren't in LinkedIn. So I'll find companies, I'll I'll find a list where of, of companies who've raised series B in the last six months, or the Inc. five thousand list. And verticalize that and put those companies within LinkedIn. And then the messaging can be around, congrats on the recent round you raised, or, you know, I saw your, your, you know, your marketing, you made the Inc. 5000 list as a marketing agency. That's awesome to see. I, I run an agency myself, um, helping, helping folks, you know, drive, drive more inbound or, 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 you know, improve, improve their reputation on, on Google, whatever, whatever it is. That's super personalized, you know you can't it looks like you took time to write that to every single individual, and people appreciate that
0: mm-hmm. hmm. so after that, the personalization thing makes a ton of sense out so that feeds right off the tight audience and then figuring out what factors um, I know that at least in what we've done with you, one of the things that was different from some of the ways that we looked at it or like my, at least my fears initially were obviously there's going to be some amount of automation that we're going to attempt to do or some way that we're going to try and accelerate the process. So how do we not get sloppy with this and just make it look like everyone else? And I keep going back to that fear because I think that's the universal fear around this is like, I don't want to be that person that I hate. Um, Yeah, Yeah, totally. But a lot of the follow-ups is where a lot of the personalization comes in. So once someone does connect, what is there a standardized strategy that you primarily stick to across clients or does it kind of vary based on, on where they are?
1: It does vary by client. Um, our kind of wheel will automate only when it won't look like it's automated. That's, that's basically cause why not? Like it, if it speeds it up and, and clients are still writing, wow, thanks for that really personalized message yep. that let's do it. Right. Um, that that doesn't happen all the time that can only that happens after testing it without it usually it happens when you test it without automation first and when you do have a very tight offer in a tight niche then because of that tightness uh you can start making it sound like you targeted super well and people don't mind they they're actually like they feel like this is they don't know they they they're not sure whatever it is they're kind of Generally, like cool with like you giving them something relevant in their inbox. Um, what's bad is when you just automate it generally vague, and then you know you're pitching. I don't know what you're you know you're pitching accounting to everyone, right? And then you're automating that. Not good, not great. It's it's, it's got to be something you guys do something unique, really like pretty unique to a tight vertical. People haven't heard it much. It's appealing. You have you're all over. You do a lot of inbound, so like we can automate it a little bit more for you guys because of that. Hmm. Um, some, some clients that the brunt of our clients are not nearly buttoned up as you guys. So, you know, we, we actually have us based writers who write messages based on their profile and, and, you know, they're, they're based on what I see have worked and that's a very, you know it's very particular it's very nuanced as far as like what kind of messages can get you know a ceo of a, a multi million dollar company to respond to you and take an appointment with you if you are off the mark a little bit you know they you know they get a hint that you might be that that's not you or you're not you just don't know what you're doing like it's 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 crazy like if you do it right you can every every 5 to 10 messages should get you an appointment every personalized five to 10 messages to get depending on your vertical your niche you know maybe five to 15 if I want to be more conservative but like yeah but if you don't do it right if you're off by a couple of degrees like you can send 50 messages and maybe not get a meeting so it's so crucial like the little details and I can I can talk to some of those details too if people are trying to work out messaging
0: yeah I think I'd love to kind of dig into like I'm sure the standard questions, or I imagine what's going through people's head, is like, how frequently am I? Once they accept my request, what am I sending back? Can I automate that stuff? Uh, any tips yeah. on how to get? How do you how do you actually book meetings out of that? Yeah, that I think that transition point. Um, yeah. because this is for a lot of people who go through our foundation and then accelerator program. Um, they're picking. It really often it is the first time for them that they're picking a niche and they're scoping down their services. And then it's like, okay, well I can do all this. What's my path to actually get customers here? Yeah. Um, And the transition point, like I understand where these people are, how do I transition from hi, I'm Gray to hi, I'm Gray and I want to talk to you for 15 minutes and understand what your business is like.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, Well it definitely depends on your vertical. What, What we're finding is the busier the people are, the more higher level they are. Just be direct and to the point, you know? They're not they're not there to chat with you on LinkedIn. This is not Facebook Messenger, right? So the platform itself is just less sticky in general. Like the inbox is clunky. People check it once a week. Yeah. A lot of people do at least, you know? So um, it's, it's really made to get in and get out if you're using a direct approach. And by the way, like real business owners appreciate that. Like they appreciate that you're coming to them with something that could actually help them, if it is actually something that can help them, and you position it as something that can help them. Not help you, help them, right? So that subtle distinction in messaging goes volumes. So we have a pretty high-level standardized kind of approach to that when we're personalizing that message. You know, Typically, after we connect, they accept. Let's say it's a high, higher-level executive. After they connect, we'll write a message that is initially about them, right? It'll be, it'll read their profile, it'll mention their name, it'll mention the company. It'll provide some sort of insight around their profile and try to make a human and emotional connection initially and build rapport. That can be done in super subtle ways. I'll, uh, let me see if I can pull one up. I'll just read it to you. I won't share my screen, but I'll just read you one. Sure. It's uh, you know, a pretty good one. Um, so this was, you know, this was a, you know, a financial consultant, right? It's like great to connect Thomas and, and read up on you and Accelerance. I'm sure it's an awesome feeling to know that your 18 plus years of consulting experience has helped countless leaders and organizations realize the potential. Always nice to see work well done. So that's the initial part, right? You 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 saw that he's been in business for 20 years. You mentioned something. You commented on it. You, you you're building a rapport, and then that sort of transitions into. A little bit of the ask and, and the intrigue. So then it's you know it'd be great to chat for 15 minutes. Our core clients are consultancies like you. Essentially, that's the that's a hint like you. And we found a few creative ways to help them increase their bottom line profits, often by 20% plus, and reduce their tax li- liability. Given your firm's focus, I believe I have a few insights to share around profitability and recession-proofing your business. That's a hot topic. Everyone's thinking about the recession. That you may find helpful would you be open to a 15 minute chat to explore next week? And then that, that became a meeting, right? So this idea of there's tons of stuff going on. It's, it's personalized. It's made an emotional connection. It's loaded with like things that he's probably thinking about. Cool. Increase my bottom line profit. You can help me with that. You work with consultancies. That's, um, uh, recession. Yeah. I, I feel like that's coming. Like talk to me about that. Right. So all like, Taxes, like I'm just finishing my taxes. You can help me reduce those. So there's there's like a plethora of like little subtle things that are designed to trigger that person's like neurology to think like this guy's worth 15 minutes of my time. Hmm. And that's what we do for, for, for all of our clients. And we do that for each client, like reading their profile. Gotcha.
0: So I want to move on to the third pillar in a second. I think it's worth probably bringing out a point that at least for me, I had this conversation, I think, a couple of weeks ago with somebody else. Um, you, I don't remember. I just I get grabbed my charger, Greg. Sorry. Yep, you're good. So I don't, I don't remember when this, uh, when this was. I actually don't remember who I was talking to. It'll come to me. But um, regardless. Anyways, the point is we get, all, we get bombarded with all these cold emails and LinkedIn messages asking us for a 15-minute conversation or book 30 minutes or book an hour. And I think it's easy to just get kind of tied up in that tidal wave and be like, I would never respond to that or I would never give time to that. Um, but the truth is when it's something that we're actually, like when it hits on a legitimate pain point or something that we are really interested in, uh, we're, people are still open to taking those appointments as long as it resonates with them. So for some people, obviously, it's not going to resonate. Um, but there are still, like once you hit the right people with the right pain point, they will still give you time if they think that you can, if they actually trust that there, there's a chance that you might be able to solve their problem for them or, or give them something new.
1: Yeah, it's immediate. That's the difference. I think inbound is like the way to go right? Like if you can, if all your leads are coming inbound, that's awesome. Like that's, and you have more than enough, then that's, that's, that's great. You might not even need this. I don't know. But this, the, the benefit of this is that it's immediate. And that it captures it's it's immediate it's targeted so you can capture people who aren't coming in through your inbound you can decide I want to go after these people and then you just do that right um, and then and then and then the other part of it is that it's uh uh it, it's it's immediate and it's targeted and it captures the and it's generally going to capture that you know I, I've seen you guys talk about this that that top percentage of the market that's that's thinking about this now or like that's ready or more or less ready, right? They don't warming up or or they, or they need it less. Um, that's, it's, you're making offers, right? So like the people who respond to offers are the ones who are like ready to respond to offers, right?
0: Yeah. That's always how it goes. So let's, let's jump from there into the third pillar, which is like, what are we actually, we're asking someone for some time to talk to them. How are we actually running
1: that? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, these, in part, you got to kind of feel it out, right? I, I, that's what I'd say. In part, you got to kind of feel it out when they get on the call. What do they like? Um, how 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 are how are they behaving, right? Like, how much do you know about them? How much do you? Re- you got to kind of see their profile too. Like, if you want to go after multi-million dollar companies, and and you see this is a solopreneur, and they said that they want to speak with you, maybe qualify them a little bit beforehand uh, via messenger or. On the call itself, like sh- strong qualification, right? However, if they're like clearly the CEO of a twenty-person of a company who took a call with you, um, you know, you, you probably will have a. That's probably a good opportunity, right? Um, so, there's a couple ways to do this, right? Like one way is you you, tr- you build a little bit of a rapport on that call because it's cold, because they're new. You got to be cool with that, right? Like you're speaking to someone new, not a warm intro. Um, talk a little bit about their business, compliment them a couple of minutes of, of rapport just, just a few, right? minute or two or three. Um, and then, and then you just kind of flip the script and treat it a little bit like a strategy session. Um, and Andrew's pretty good at that. I've seen him do it, right? Like there's like some rapport and then he's just like, so, so, you know, you, you run a IT consultancy, um. And you guys focusing and you guys are focusing on you know NetSuite is that is that fair to say is that is that primarily what you're doing Yeah we are Okay Oh cool So like yeah What kind of clients are you working with What what what's an engagement look like for you And then you start you start you're just digging into what the discovery questions might be mm-hmm. What you're trying to find out is their What you're trying to find out is essentially where the pain is What their need is You know how urgent it is Right, so like if you offer to give them some ideas for inbound strategies, yeah, you want to give them that on the call. But like, yeah, so I'm happy to share some inbound strategies with you, and I have a couple of ideas for, you know, pillow analytics. But uh, but before I, but before I kind of break them down, I just wanted to get a better sense, like, you know, what are you guys doing now with 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 your online marketing? Just style will help me shape my conversation a little bit. Oh, we're doing this, this, and this. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. So, um. And and I and I mean clearly you're you're interested in some inbound stuff. I mean what what propelled that interest? Is it you have some guys have aggressive growth goals or just want to clean a few things up? What's that look like, right? So cool. And then they tell you. So do do the couple of quick qualifiers. Um, get what you need, right? The urgency, their budget, how much they're looking to grow. Um, you can straight up ask those questions after that report building and they'll be happy to answer and then maybe give them a – and then and then on that first call, like, give them an idea of what you do and how you can help but really continue that intrigue to take that to a second call where you give them a more deep dive right. of what the strategy will look like. What you really want to do on that first call is qualify them, do some discovery, make sure they're legit. Bring a little bit of value yourself through the rapport that you share and through some insights that you can share a little bit like through that conversation. But really the goal is get what you need to set up that second call to present them with like an hour, more robust hour strategy of what you can do for them. But make sure they're worth your time first.
0: Yeah, I think most of those calls, I mean, obviously in any sales conversation, you're trying to ascertain – is this somebody who needs our help? Is this somebody we can help? And then is this somebody who doesn't just need our help, but they also want our help, or they're going to be open or willing um, to this? So you may not go quite as you might not get into. Are they willing to pay for your help? Obviously in that first conversation, but I think it's exactly right. So you got to set it up here, um, and this whole thing, I, you hear two different responses, like based on I think the way that we perceive sales. The people who think of sales or look down on sales um, further like well that's kind of shady like i thought we were going to get on and you were going to give me all this stuff and then we'd be done after 15 minutes and in some cases everyone may be like that but i think the more accurate view here is like do we have something that we can really help them with if we can if i can change someone's life with the service that i'm providing and give them more of what they want then the best way for me to serve them is to bring them on as a customer if they make sense um, so if you actually have that belief, if you really think that they might be a good fit, now I think where this breaks down is when we get desperate and start kind of overreaching and trying to bring people on a second calls who never were a good fit. So um, I think qualifying as a goal of that is a is a big deal.
1: Yeah, this approach favors salesmanship, I would say. You know, like. Inbound, I imagine if it's working well, right? The whole idea is like they just come on board, right? They're like, oh, you're great. Like I love you. You know, you've sold me with all the value that you've given me. Let's work together. This, this, this approach favors a tight sales process. This is, you know, so, so you kind of have to be comfortable with that. When they, when they get on the call, you're offering them a little bit of value, but like how can you, what you're really trying to do is create something, a custom strategy for them. So you can drip a little bit on that call, but like you probably need more information to really give them something great. Um, and that's, that's what, that's what it's about. And any sophisticated business owner, it's not, it's not their first rodeo, you know, like they, they know, they know what, how this goes. They, right. They're not going to think you're a shady salesperson. They know, they know that you're, you're going to get some info from them and, you know, see how it works, provide them something back.
0: Right. I think that's one of this is totally a tangent. But one of the biggest uh, mistakes that I made early on and that a lot of agencies make is especially I think who have been who, who are coming up through like the inbound methodology or and maybe I'm just biased because that's the one that I've seen the most. But we get so concerned with trying to build trust and build a relationship and provide value it's like anything that I see that you could improve, I'd be willing to say, here's what you should, here's what you should improve. But in reality, I didn't like you said, I didn't have complete information. I wasn't looking at everything, so things that I might be saying you should go do, really had no, there was no point to even think about doing those things for nine months or like there were so many more uh, urgent or important things that needed to get done. So I do think I think that's a common mistake is we try so hard. To provide value early on, that we actually we're not really providing value because we have incomplete information. We we haven't actually done our homework to know, and the way to do that homework is a lot of digging that requires some permission from the customer, and usually should be done as part of a paid engagement. If you're going to spend the time to do it right,
1: totally, totally. So I agree with that. That's awesome. That's, so I, that's what you guys teach too, right? Like you teach that sort of foot in the door. Engage. Yeah, we lead
0: with the lead with a strategic engagement um, of some of some sort to, to do that, which I think is, is huge and is he makes, it, makes a huge difference for a lot of it's. What's funny about that particular th- thing is just what a difference it makes for people but on a wide range of, uh, of factors. Like some people get excited about implementing that because that's their chance to weed out poor fit clients. Other people are excited because that's their chance to kind of regain control in the relationship or gain control to start off and actually be respected for what they know, not just what they can do. Other people, it the biggest impact is in the sales process, and it's usually some combination of all these things. But it's like that—that's like a, a keystone in the right way to start a client engagement correctly.
1: Awesome.
0: Um, so maybe here as we're wrapping up, and we'll see if there's any other questions coming through. Other than thanks, Christina, for letting me know about my audio. I'm getting closer to the mic. Hopefully that helps.
1: Um, I hear you perfectly. There we go
0: so um, any other tips that you would have or advice for people who are looking to do I guess um, a couple of the questions that I've heard already is like well if I were to do cold outreach like I've never done it before does it make sense to work with somebody should I try it myself how much time goes into it I'm sure you hear all those kinds of things and you see people I'm sure you talk to people who are like no I buy this I don't buy into this strategy other people buy in but they don't okay. want to Working yeah. with someone else to do it.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, anybody who has those questions, please reach out to me directly. Um, I'll help you how I can. But even more so, um, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be offering a super affordable um, masterclass. It's going to be uh, still still figuring out the exact format, but it'll probably be you know six to ten weeks or something like that where we're going to go through every single one of the things that I mentioned in explicit detail, go over templates, help you write your profile, help you write your messages after you, you know, you submit some messages, we'll help you write them, help you with your sales calls. Um, it's going to be, you know, super robust. It's going to be everything essentially, you know, the, 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 the SOPs that we use to run all agency for clients, you'll have that information. And the vast majority of you who, who run it will Close a client through that process. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm happy happy to kind of uh, to, to 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 share that with you guys. But in general, just uh, just reach out to me with, with with your questions. Or if there's some now, I'm happy to answer. But just reach out to me in general, and I can I can kind of help uh, gel things for you. Email, um,
0: messenger. What's the best place for people to get you?
1: Yeah, you can hit me up on on messenger at Steven Perchikov or email at Stephen at com.
0: Sweet. When you, like people going through the master class, what's your vision for that as far as, and this is probably, on, it depends, but as they're going through it, one of the main concerns that people have is around the time. And so what can be attractive is can I just hire, can I, can I bring on an intern or bring on, can I yeah. outsource some of that? Is that kind of the vision for you go through it and learn it first and then yeah. hand it off or? Yep,
1: that is absolutely the vision. Yeah, the vision is that at the end of this process, you will be able to hire a writer to handle this for you. It took us months to figure out how to hire and train the right kind of writer that will actually get you results, not just, you know, not just any kind of writer, um, and how to, you know, and how to train them, how to hire them, the kind of tests to give them. So when you, Know how to do it for yourself, like that's key, because we we don't, I, I, I personally don't put a writer on a client's account until I personally test a bunch of different templates and I'm starting to see results. Then, I, then I'm then i like, okay, here you go. Um, so you have to kind of do that first, go through that process, but what you'll essentially be building is like a mini outbound team within your own organization that'll take you about an hour or two to manage, and when it's really cranking, we'll get you between 10 to 20 new appointments with the kinds of people that you want to speak with depending on your offer, depending on what you do. But that's, that's the end goal for you to have these appointments, um, uh, on demand and, and just kind of pull that lever and, and have some of those sales conversations going.
0: Yep. So here's another question, um, that I got asked, which is around like, I've, so I'm scoping down my audience obviously as part of the offer now there's a limit like how much should I invest into this time spent on LinkedIn based on the fact that there's a cap And my initial answer was like, well, that cap is pretty large right now. Like we're looking at about 10 to, conservatively 10 to 15,000 people. Like we've got to ways before we get through it, but you're right. There is a cap.
1: Um, well, do you run well, into that depends on the audience. Um, you know, who is, do you know what that, do you know where he's selling to or who he's selling to or, or she, I don't know. I don't uh, know what that. Was like. um,
0: <clears throat> that that one specifically was like selling to uh, a very specific niche in the uh, like builder space.
1: The builder space. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. There, there's there's plenty of yeah there there's plenty of builders and construction companies on LinkedIn um, for sure. Yeah. There's 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 tens of thousands before you run it. I don't know the exact niche within the builder space. So, you know, maybe I'm speaking out of line here a little bit, but, uh, even, even still like if they're there and they're active, then what, what's the harm in it, right? Like what's the harm in, in, uh, having a strategy to, to, to connect with them and and to, and to bring them into your network. Right.
0: That's great.
1: I, I, I agree. There's some verticals, like, we, we initially took on a client who focused on for-profit, an agency, an agency for for-profit schools. And what we found was after two months, they were like, weren't any more to connect with. Yeah. so But at the same time, he got a couple of clients from that and built his network. And, uh, you know, and that's a very tight-knit network. He can get content in front of them now. His engagements last for six months to a year, so they'll be good clients. Uh, so you know, it all it all it all depends. Different strategies for different verticals. You know, he's got to be careful. Like he's got to He's someone who we we have to take a lot of care. You know that his market's just not huge. So super careful, nurture inbound, all that stuff. Yep, That's you can't awesome. you can just keep going pushing through because there's not hundreds of thousands of them.
0: Okay, cool. So here's the last one I have for you. This just came in from Misha. Hopefully, I'm saying your name right. Um, interested in hearing about how to turn down a client who's not a good fit. So I would assume that happens sometimes where you've got somebody who connected with didn't realize they were as small as they turned out to be, or they for whatever reason aren't a good fit. I assume just
1: on the call you realize them on on the call. That's the probably,
0: case. It, this doesn't say specifically, but we could yeah. assume either
1: either on or, or prior to the call. So, so yeah, I mean if it's if it's via LinkedIn and they say that they're interested. And then you realize they're too small. um, You can, you can. I sometimes, I sometimes will ignore that message. You know, that's the simplest thing to do. Um, Or, uh, or if you can, or, or uh, if you, if you do reply, just let them know the truth that you know. You typically work with clients that are of this size. You know, it depends if you're getting lots of those. You can probably not focus on them too much. Right. But you can let them know if it's on the call itself, and you start to realize that. You can just tell them that as well. I mean, it's it's a simple answer, right? It's you can just be honest with them and let them know that what your budgets are, and if they can pay, if they can pay the budget of a massive client with being a solopreneur, and that doesn't scare them away, then you know consider taking them. But most likely, they're they're going to go the other way.
0: For sure, yeah. There's lots of reasons someone's not a good fit. I think you're right. Just being honest with people makes sense. Uh, money's an easy one to come back to. I think because of <clears throat> all of us regardless of how we grew up uh, we all have a broken relationship with money in some way um, and one of, biggest, awesome. one of the biggest one of the biggest things i think that one of the most expensive mistakes that um, that people creative people in the creative space or creative entrepreneurs tend to make is around just assuming making assumptions too early that people can't pay the price tag that you want or the imposter syndrome holds us back from charging what we're actually worth So Mm -hmm. that's a good question. Well, good. Well, uh, Steve, this was really helpful. Um, Steven at artofsalesacademy.com. Is that the email address?
1: That's the email address, yep. And Steven Perchikov on on Facebook.
0: Okay, awesome. That's great. Well, I appreciate you coming on, sharing with us. um, And we'll definitely, once that master class is out, we'll let people know about that as well. But thanks for spending time with us and and
1: breaking it down for us. Thanks so much, Greg. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, everyone.